Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. Tonight we're not doing near the intro that we did last night because I feel like we know each other pretty well now. We're like best bros and sisters and we're just, we're part of it, right? This is it, right? This is how we roll. Um, Again, if you've got your Bibles with you, we're just going to turn right to it. Uh, 1 Peter, again, we're still going to be in chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 13 tonight. And as you're flipping there, I, you know, I want to I want to maybe bridge the gap between last night and tonight because la- last night we were we were confronted with a, a question. We were confronted with with a difficult question. That question was simply this: Who do you belong to? Right? Where, where does your allegiance lie? And some of you, again, we we've gotten really comfortable sitting on the fence and, and doing this, this kind of fake dance of like, well, I kind of act like a Christian sometimes, but, but really, I, it's not my thing. I don't know. When it's convenient, yeah, I mean, I'll step in, it's cool. But most of the time, I'm just, I'm just trying to find my place. I'm just trying to fit in. I'm just doing what other people say that I should do because I, I feel like they have so much influence in my life because they dictate my identity, right? I, I post things about myself and I'm just hoping and praying that somebody's gonna like it back. Right? I, I put myself out there maybe on a, on a digital platform that's just kinda like, man, I hope that somebody will see me maybe for who I am. And when we sit in this line of these hopes and dreams and these maybes and the sad reality is, friends, is that over and over and over and over again, It's never enough, is it? It's never enough. There's never enough times somebody can hit that like button. There's never enough times you can see those hearts on Instagram. (laughs) You can never have enough followers. It's never enough. So again, I want to just ask you, where does your allegiance lie? Because I'll be honest with you. I stood on that side of the line. For a long time, I stood, I stood right here where I was just like, I'm just going to kind of do the Jesus thing when it's convenient. A man at school and wherever else I found, I was like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to keep it easy. I'm not going to stretch myself. And when, when tough things came my way, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to respond. And so I would just kind of cower back and I'd go, ah, yeah. I mean, I go to church, but not like, <laughs> not one of those Christians. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like my dad's a pastor, but I mean, like, if he doesn't really know what I do, right? And we kind of play this, this, this back heels game with being a Christian. So again, on what side of the line do you find yourself? To whom do you belong? Tonight, we're going to get a little practical, especially for those that are calling ourselves Christ followers. We're going to get a little more practical tonight. And I'm excited about tonight because I, I get to talk about training. We talk about training. But before we get too far into it, I want to read our passage for us and then pray. And then we're going to get into uh, what God's got for us. We're just covering like three verses tonight. But man, these three verses, if we capture this, 
It's gonna change your life. I, I promise you, it'll change your life. It'll change the way that you wake up tomorrow. It'll change the way you wake up the next day and the next day. It'll change the way you go to bed. It'll absolutely change your life. So let's read 1 Peter chapter 1. Starting in verse 13, this is what Peter has to say to the Roman church. He says this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is a challenging, challenging collection of books. God, I thank you for the beauty of how you speak and use it. I, I, I thank you that we have your written word that will change our lives, that it acts as a mirror to our soul. God, I pray that that would be the case tonight. I pray that you would just simply hold up a mirror and show us the state of our soul with or without you. That we'd find true identity in you and you alone. And again, we pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen. I, again, I, I played a lot of sports in high school and middle school my entire life. I played a lot, a lot of sports and a lot of that. I mean, okay, how many of you guys are sports, like athletes in the room? Okay, so uh, good, a number of you. How many of you guys like theater, like band, music, all that good stuff? Like, okay, yeah. And then how many of y'all are just like, I just love just being me and I don't really like compete. But yeah, all right, I respect that. Because my middle boy is like that. He's just like, I, Dad, I don't really want to do nothing. I'm just going to be me. He told me the other day he wants to be a construction worker and build his own house right next to my house. Um, and he wants to, yeah, adorable, right? Um, and he wants me to make sure, like, I'll help him, like, frame it, because he's seen me frame houses before. I'm like, Dad, you help me frame it, but I want to decorate the inside. And I'm like, that's cool, bro. Like, you, you do you, man. Like, that's, that's awesome. But yeah, like, I mean, right, like this, this idea of, of training, it covers any piece of life. Right? Like we, we understand, especially as an athlete or especially if you're like in theater or band, like you have practices. Right? Like you don't just, just show up to a live performance or a game just going like, well, let's see how this works. Right? Like no, you train, you practice, you go through the regiment time and time and time again until it's perfect and then you keep doing it to memorize that perfection. I remember one year we were doing drills uh, for kickoff, our, my freshman year of football playing at Mountain View. I'm not kidding you guys, like we did kickoff drills for two hours straight. It was not fun. But I tell you what, we got really good at kickoff drills. Like if any of y'all know the drill, right, you are supposed to stay in your lane, like no one is deviating. It's like we got to make sure all the lanes are covered so that no one gets by, no one scores a touchdown because we don't want an easy touchdown. We're going to just plow them into the ground. And I remember we played, it was like our first game, I think we played Evergreen or somebody, it was like a, even an exhibition game at that point. And um, I remember... I was like right next to the kicker, so I was kind of in the middle lane there, and the ball gets kicked off, and all of us are just like, we are like jacked up on Mountain Dew, y'all. Like we are like, let's go. Like it's, we were so hyped, because we're like, we've been practicing, like we're ready to go. Like it is time to play, and so we are just hauling. We're going after this, getting this poor kid didn't know what was coming his way. It was a freight train, a thunder freight train was coming toward this kid, and like, 
one of my buddies who's quick on the end, like pushes him inwards because I was the drill. We had run it a million times. So we were prepped. Like me and my buddy we were prepped to just blow this dude up. And I know, oh no, just, oh, you're so sweet. Um, and it's, it's okay, it's okay, the story ends poorly for this guy. Anyway, um, so, so, it's all right. So we, we go, and, and my other buddy like pushes the other side, so he's like, he's stuck, he's now like dead center, and we're just, like, the red is in the eyes, yo. Like, I mean, just like, like the blow horn, I mean, the whole thing, it's so good. And you can hear the Rocky music in the background, right? It's like, dun, 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 dun. Uh, I don't know, this is exactly what it looked like. Like, I, I, show, I was like, I don't, this is probably as close as I could get. I hit this dude so hard, like, and li- like, it was the greatest tackle of my career. I lifted him up, but here's where it was not okay. I lifted him up, and we pinned him down, and it was like, and then the other guys pile on top. But it was like, as we hit him, we heard like, like, just like a snap. Bro. We broke his femur. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't play. I was like, I'm out, coach. Like, I'm, I can't play. Like, when you hear someone's femur, like, femur snap and, like, the screams afterwards, it's horrid. It's horrid. But again, I, I was not thinking that that was another human being running at me. I'm thinking this dude is going to get lit up. Why? Because we spent days, weeks, hours training to say that thing coming at you with the ball does not cross the 20, right? Like that's what we were taught. And it's amazing how training will focus us so much so that like you don't even see other people. Like you're just like, I'm going to destroy you. And we did. And I still, to this day, I'm like, bro, I am so sorry. I don't, I don't know what ever happened to him because he played for Evergreen and we don't care about Evergreen. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. That was a cheap shot. My fault. That was a cheap shot. We love, we love everybody. We love everybody in the name of Jesus. Everybody in the name of Jesus. That's right. It was everybody in the name of Jesus. Anybody go to Evergreen? Anybody? All right. Plain. Well, we got one, bro. Come here. Come here. This is happening. We're, we're, come here. Come here. Come here. This is this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> all right. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. Hey. One more. All right, well, that's, it's family then, so it's, it's all good. Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. They're brothers, just in case you guys wondered, yeah. But it's an amazing thing what happens with training. I just recently, and for those who are athletes, this may come as a surprise to you, but um, in high school, I didn't train much. Like, I didn't, I didn't actually, like, lift weights much at all. Like, I was... I was kind of like, I was in the gym a little bit, but I was like, yeah, like whatever. The thing I could do was squat, so I was just like, I would just squat like crazy, but there was no other work. I, got, I didn't deadlift, I didn't bench press, I didn't, didn't do anything. And I remember training in high school very, very little, and so when it came time to actually like move some weight around, like I couldn't do it, my buddies were like throwing weight, I'm like, I can't do this. 
So later in my life, after I had my first two kids, um, just so you guys know, like, sympathy pregnancy weight for a husband is real. Um, yeah, like, amen, man. Like, wow, I blew up like a balloon, yo. Like, it was bad. Um, like, I, in high school, I was like one... 70, like 180, like soaking wet. Like I was a pretty like thin guy. Um, and then I had our second child. And I think I weighed it like at 240. Like I was like, yeah, whoa, yo, it was not pretty. And so then I was like, I, I told my wife, I said, hey, I'm not going to have like the dad bod. Like I'm not going to go that route. I promise to you, we're going to figure this out. So I began to train. I began to lift, and I got weights and, you know, whatever, like, in my house, and um, again, it's amazing how you get in that, that focus of, like, I'm, just, I'm here to train, I'm lifting weights, like, I'm just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger, but you do that, and the reason I wanted to do that is because I wanted to play with my kids, like, I, I wanted to be able to show them how to, how to play sports if that's what they want to do, or, like, even just, like, around the house, being able to lift things up, or whatever, I don't, whatever it is, right, and I love it when stuff happens like this because we were at the beach not too long ago. And there was a guy who got stuck, like his truck, they were trying to drive through the, the sand, the truck got stuck. And so me and Jacob Simpson, yeah, a little shout out to Jake who's not here, goober, anyway, would love him, but miss him. Like he and then my father-in-law, Troy, like we basically get on the front of this truck and we're like, we're going to get this guy out of the sand. So we're like, dude, floor it and we're just going to push you out of there. And we were, oh, we were giving her, like, we, and we moved it, moved this entire truck, like, oh, off the beach to where he was not stuck anymore and went on and it was like this is why we train right like who knew who knew that it would be pushing a truck out of the beach but this is why we train right like and so training for me has become actually a significant piece of my life where I wake up at like 5 30 every morning and I work out for about an hour and then I go and I'm like you know make coffee for the wife and kids have it's a routine I've gotten into now because I've made it a priority I've made a priority because I've said to my wife, I said, listen, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that dad that can't run around with his kids. Because I was that dad for a little bit, and it's not fun. And when you make training of any kind a priority in your life, it preps you for when things actually go down. It preps you for game time. Right? We understand this. The practice preps you for when game time happens. But here's the thing is we, 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 we think that way with physical training or we think that way with sports and theater and music. We're like, yeah, practice. Hello. Yeah, of course we need to practice. I wouldn't just show up to a, a, you know, a live situation and just not memorize my lines and just like figure it out. No, no, no. We practice. But do we do that with our spiritual life? Do we do that with our walk with Jesus? Do, do we train in the way of Jesus, right? And some of you are like, I don't even know what that looks like. Do I like lift Bibles like over my head? Like what is that? What do you mean like lift, lift for Jesus? Yes, you can lift for Jesus. But I'm talking about like, do you actually train your soul? Do you train your soul? I know for a long time I didn't. And it absolutely wrecked me. <laughs> for a long time I didn't. Because I would hear, and I'm sure you guys are like this, I, I, I would hear people say, hey, um, and I'm sure you're tired of like Pastor Sam saying this and you know, your small group leader saying this, like, hey, um, guys, will you just like read your Bibles and like pray and like come to gatherings and like come to, like you hear this stuff all the time and you're kind of like, will you, enough, 
Why do you think they continue to say it over and over and over and over again? Because these are the elements of spiritual training. Being in the word of God is a huge part of spiritual training. Right, to sit and to pray and to be in the presence of God. This is the, always the image that I have whenever I pray because it was told to me um, by a, a mentor, a pastor of mine who I love dearly. The power of prayer is so significant in a Christian's life. Like when you are praying for somebody or when you are praying yourself, in that moment you are literally connecting yourself to the reality of the kingdom of God in that exact moment that you are praying. Like you are stepping into like the throne room of the God of the universe and having a conversation with him. That is insane. And when you're praying for somebody, you're connecting them to that same kingdom reality whether they realize that or not. But do you even think that way? Do we train that way? Are we prepared for that to actually happen? Because we talked about the tension last night, right? We talked about the tension that, that is always in front of us. The easy way out. Do I live like culture? Do I live like Jesus? Right? We, th this tension, do you, are you prepared? Because that's exactly how Peter starts this, this section of his letter. Right, right after he gets done talking about this living hope of Jesus, he gets, he gets, he gets talking about this, this idea of who Jesus is. This is the good news of Jesus, that he humbled himself, came in the form of human, of flesh. Right, basically like pulled away his godness and came as a humble human to show us the new way. To show us this humanity 2.0, is like to say, this idea of this new creation. What does it look like for us to actually live the way we were designed to live all the way back in the garden as humanity? And he goes and he shows up and he starts doing all this awesome stuff and telling us all these awesome things and that's great. And that would be one thing, right? And that's where, that's where so much of our culture gets messed up. Like, yeah, Jesus was a good guy. He was a cool guy. He said some cool things. He did some cool things. I wish I could walk on water, right? But I, I don't, right? But, and, and if that was it, I have no significance. But what Jesus did is he looked at you. He looked at humanity. And he said, they're mine. They're mine. And so he took the weight of our sin that we should, that, that is our destiny. Being dead in our sin, our destiny is death. That's what we deserve. We deserve death. But he's like, they're mine. So he took that upon himself and he died the most gruesome death that humanity has ever come up with. Like, I don't know if you guys realize this, but dying on a cross was not something where you died from, like, you know, blood loss or like, you know, oh, they got like a nail in my, no, you died of suffocation. Because you're, you're hanging there and you can't breathe. And so in order to get a breath, you have to push off of nails that are in your feet and that are in your hands. And you have to press up just to <gasps> breathe. It was horrible. But he did it for you. He did it for me. And the craziest thing is he did it for the person that you hate every day. <laughs> The person that you hate at school, the person that drives you nuts in your family, whatever, like they, he died for them too. 
He didn't just die for those of us who are good and kind of have it figured out. No, he died for broken humanity. This is the living hope that Peter's talking about. This is why when Peter addresses this letter, he's like, guys, make sure we have the right perspective. This is the God that we serve. And again, even then, if that was where it stopped, it would kind of be like, well, thanks. But now what? He's dead. Now what? He only needed to borrow a grave for three days. He just borrowed it. Just borrowed it. And friends, when he came out of that grave, so much, so much happened. Conquering death, hell, sin. It it no longer has any stake in your life anymore whatsoever. If you don't know the way of Jesus, you need to hear this tonight. You have been set free by the blood of Christ. You have been set free by the blood of Christ. His sacrifice was so that you could have life. And he took the key to death and he said, no more. They're mine. They're mine. So again, I put before you, are you his? Are you realizing that you are his? So after Peter talks about this living hope, this is the living hope. This is our hope. Our hope's not in ourselves. Our hope is in him. Peter then says this, therefore, because of this, right, we prepare our minds for action. And being sober-minded, we set our hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the re- revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter is calling us to prep to prepare, to train. This spiritual training that needs to take place. Right, the sober-minded that Peter's talking about is so much more than just like, don't do drugs and alcohol. No, it's a focus. It's a focus of sober-minded. You are running after God with everything that you have, everything that you are. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 9, where he says this, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? Right, when you see that in scripture, he says, do you not know? He's assuming that you know. Right, but only one receives the prize. You're like, yeah, that's how a race works, right? Like it's Ricky Bobby, number one or nothing, right? Like, so run that you may obtain it. Okay, I wonder how many of us are actually running the race of life that, that Paul's talking about here to the Corinthian church. I'm wondering how many are actually running it, just going like, yeah, I'll place whatever. It doesn't really matter. I'll just, yeah, that's fine. Like there's no, there's no drive, there's no passion, there's no like, let's go, and you are not, you're not running toward the prize. You're just like, ah, these are cool trees. <laughs> right? I mean, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Paul's saying like, no, 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 run so that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. Right, they don't. They they, re, they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable prize. So I, I this is Paul. I, I do not run aimlessly. Right, I've got discipline. I run with focus. I'm prepared. I'm ready. I don't box as one just beating at the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. 
See, Paul, Paul's using all these sports metaphors because it helps us understand why would we train our physical bodies and leave our soul untouched? Why would we not prep to have conversations? Why would we not prep to be able to answer questions? Why, why would we not prep to know how God feels about things? The direction we have for our lives. Know the good news so we can share it. Why would we not prep our soul for that? Why do we not train our soul for that? Paul and Peter are like, guys, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right? I mean, it, to some degree, they're going like, if that's what you're doing, what are you doing? You're like a boxer just fighting the air. You look ridiculous. Right? Like you're running this race, but you're not running for the prize. You're just kind of hobbling down the street. Like, what are you doing? It's kind of, I mean, I, I, I hear Paul's words just going like, man, pick up the pace or get off the road. We can't, we can't stand here any longer. Friends, we can't stand here any longer. The middle of the fence is not where God wants us to be. I think maybe some of you need to have a come to Jesus moment tonight where he's saying, look, either pick up the pace or get off the road. Because Peter, Paul, are calling us to Prepare for when things get difficult. And they're going to get difficult. Because see, when we get distracted, we lose the focus. That's when we get swept away. That's when the, the, the norm of life, we, we get swept away. Where everything becomes normal. We get back into society and we're like, well, again, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I mean, I could be doing things way worse, let me tell you. I'd be way worse than this. We can't lose focus. And what's amazing is that Paul, or sorry, Peter, he continues and he says, as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. I don't, don't conform. Right, so, so Peter's saying, look, we gotta, we gotta train, we gotta prep. But in order to do that, in order to train, in order to prep, we cannot conform to the old ways of doing things. Talk to an elite athlete. They don't live the life that we live. <laughs> right? Like they are up at the butt crack of dawn. Excuse my French. Like, but like they are up super early. Right? They're, they're training. They're running. They're doing whatever it is that they do as their, with their sport. Right? They eat differently. They sleep differently. They train differently. They talk differently. I mean, their lives don't look like our lives, and that's why they're an elite athlete. So let me ask you this, Christ followers. Does your life look like an elite Christian? Does your life look like a Christian who's running after the way of Jesus? Right? Are you an elite athlete on Team Jesus? Or are you okay riding the bench? Are you okay riding the pine? Are you like, yeah, I don't know. I'll just, yeah. I mean, if you... If you calls me up to the plate. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll take a swing, but I don't know what I'm doing. Are you ready to go? We can't conform to what other people do. We can't conform to the old ways of thinking. It's the beautiful thing about what Sam was talking about with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your life, he shows you this new way of living. We can't keep doing what we've always done. Right? Albert Einstein even said that. The very definition of insanity is to continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. 
We can't conform to the way we used to think. We have to change, and we have to change by the power of the Holy Spirit. How we prepare each day will determine how successful we are in following the way of Jesus. That's just, I'm just, that's just the truth I want to share with you. How we prepare, how we wake up, how we go to bed, how we prepare to live our lives will dictate how successful we are, if you will, to use that term loosely, right? How successful we are at living out kingdom values and your kingdom identity. We can't go backwards. One of the things I'm learning more and more as I read the Old Testament and as I read, especially Genesis and different things that I, uh, I never really caught before. I didn't really catch before, and I don't know if you're like me, but because I, I used to read the Old Testament and like, man, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. <laughs> like, right? Like, I mean, like Genesis is pretty cool. You like, get some stories of it, like Noah, the flood. Like, oh yeah, I'm on board. Exodus, you're like, yeah, okay. We're, at, we're out, of, out of Egypt. This is cool. Like Pharaoh, this is great. All right, they're in the wilderness. Awesome. Like Moses, yeah. And then you hit like Leviticus. And you're like, oh. <laughs> nope. Like I'm like I'm I'm out. Like what numbers? Like what is like what are you talking about? Like and that and that's where a lot of people get derailed because they got they immediately start to go. Um, when did following Jesus like it's so much rules? Like what? I would almost rather not. I would almost rather like just keep living the way that the world does because it doesn't seem like this is way stressful. There's a there's like six hundred of these things. I don't, I'm not up for this. But see, the thing that I'm learning, the thing that I'm learning that's so beautiful about Scripture and the way of Jesus is we read those laws and we think that they're, they're one way. We read them one way, but they were written to a completely different people group in a completely different time and we actually need to learn how to read their law. Not to expect that their law to be like our law. That's a whole other sermon for a whole other time. But just trust me, we need to get a lot better about going back in time instead of asking like God's word to say, hey, can you, um, can, you, you read this the way that I need to hear this. Again, talk about that prep work. We actually need to go back and learn what it means to read the Bible. Because see, the more that I've been reading the Bible and it talks about God being our father, Right, and we are his children. We, we, we love that paradigm. We love that identity. Like, I'm a child of God. Amen. You are. You are a child of God. He is your father. He's your heavenly father. But I can tell you as a father, I don't give my kids rules, right, because I want to just give rules. I share things with my kids like, hey, um, can you not do that? Like, Jeremiah, can you not climb to the top of the staircase and jump down, please? You're going to break your neck, right? Like, we as parents, we put up rules and boundaries for our kids because my kids don't know any better. They're like, Dad, I can fly. And I'm like, no, you can't. There's a thing called gravity, dude. Like, you will fall and bust your face. No matter how many times he tries. I'm like, bro, it's truth. Like, so we made a rule. Don't jump off the stairs, Right? And so it's, it's cement. So we read these rules and we got to remember they're not to, they're not to tie us down. God is not a cosmic killjoy, right? God is not after just to be like, hey, um, let's give you another rule to give you another rule to give you another rule give you because I want your life to be brutal. That's not God's desire. Are you kidding me? Again, as, as a dad, like I didn't fully understand this until I became a dad. 
The beautiful thing about the Old Testament, the beautiful thing about it being this father and child like identity is simply this. I want my kids to listen and obey. I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with my kids. It's, it's, it's annoying to me. Be like, buddy, if you would just listen and obey, there, I would never have to give consequences, right? Like, like if you would just listen and obey, you wouldn't have gotten hurt. Like if you would just listen and obey, like we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? Like, and so I began to read scripture through the lens of what it meant to be a dad. And all of a sudden, you know, it became very, very apparent to me that that's exactly what God is asking us to do. All the rules, all the regulations, things that we read, we're like, whoa, God, easy. Like, come on, man, lighten up, right? No, no, it's, it's our dad saying like, hey, you don't know any better, so let me help you put some boundaries around there so you don't hurt yourself or hurt anyone else. But all I'm really asking you to do is listen and obey. That's all I'm asking you to do. I mean, think, think through the story of the Old Testament. Right, Adam and Eve, what was the ask? Don't eat of the tree. Listen and obey. Right, Noah, build the ark. Listening and obeying. Abraham, listening and That's all it is, time and time and time again. It's almost like as you approach a new story, it's like, okay, are they gonna listen and obey? And sometimes that you're like, whoa, they did it. 99% of the time you're like, oh, bro, he just said don't do that. And I love how we love to get on like Old Testament characters like, what are they thinking? And then we walk out the front door. <laughs> and I can just imagine God just going, whoa, okay. I thought we just talked about this, but all right, let's give her another go. Like, right, like, like come on now. <laughs> like, oh, I, as, again, as a dad, I'm like, God is so, he, it's okay, here we go. It's like when my kids first started to walk. It's, I love this illustration. It's like when my kids started to walk, right? Like, and a lot of us think this way about God, where my kids are trying to walk. Like, they don't, they're, the jelly legs, you know, like this whole business, they're falling over. And it's kind of funny, but you're like, as a dad, I mean, you stand them up and you kind of like walk away, right? Like, you're like, come on, you can do it. And then when they fall and hit themselves in the nose, as a dad, do you run over and go, come on! You're so bad at this! Oh! Have your mother help you. I can't, I can't even. Like, bro! Right? Yeah! I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we laugh because we're like, no! No dad would do that. If, dad, if our dads did that, like dads, like, well, like no, like, like bro, let's, let's maybe spend a little less time together, right? Like, I mean, but man, like, but we, we think that about God. We think that when, when we mess up, when we screw up, when we stumble and fall, he's like yelling at us and is so disappointed in us and is like, why can't you just figure it out? But have you ever, have you ever actually watched a parent teach their kid to walk? the joy that is in a parent's face, watching their child take their first steps. I mean, it's like they're on the, they're on the ground just like, come on, come on, come on, oh, come on. Right, and they're, I mean, they're just, they're wobbling everywhere. And they're falling and you're, you're running over to help them pick them back. You're like, you got it, man, you're so close. Right, and you're counting the steps. You're like, you got two today, man. Tomorrow, let's go for two and a half. Like, I don't even care. Like, listen, even if you get one, that's cool. We're still moving forward, right? 
do we have that perspective with God? Like, honestly, do we have that perspective with God? Because I think a lot of us, we would stop right there and say, well, no, no, can, I'm not, I'm not going to prepare myself. I'm not going to train. I'm not going to do anything Peter's saying here because when I screw up, God is angry with me. God's disappointed in me. No, he's not. As a father is to a child, he's not. Church, you need to hear this. He's not. He is so crazy in love with you, it would blow your mind. All he wants to do is encourage you. All he wants to do is say, hey, like, man, that's, ah, okay, next time, let's, let's give it a, another time. Let's go, like, again, again, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah, and when we, when we do something dumb and there's consequences, yeah, those are consequences. God doesn't save us from the consequences. He doesn't. Because sometimes that's the way we gotta learn. But he's never leaving our side and he is encouraging us to continue to walk and figure it out. So again, some of you are like, I don't wanna train, I don't wanna prep because like, I got, no. We train and prep because God is encouraging us and is on our team. He's the coach. He's the one that wants to practice with us, throw the ball with us, run lines with us, practice lead lines with us, right? He's that kind of parent. And the reason we prep, the reason we train, is so we can better hear his voice. Right, because some of you in this room, you're going like, I, I don't even know what I'm listening for. I, I don't even know what his voice sounds like. I don't know what direction to walk. I'm still like jelly-legging it over here. I don't know what to, I don't know where to go. We train and prep, we read our Bibles, we pray, we spend time in community so that we can better hear and understand the voice of God so that we can simply listen and obey. That's all really at the end of the day what he's asking us to do, listen and obey. And the real reason this is so difficult, the reason this is so difficult is because our culture has been pushing happiness on us. Right, you deserve to be happy. You deserve to get this. You deserve to have that. You deserve all of this. And man, do whatever makes you happy. Just do whatever makes you happy. It doesn't matter about anyone else. You just do you. Just do whatever makes you happy. And we run into trouble with God because God is not concerned with our happiness. He is absolutely over the top concerned about our holiness. And it's, it's said so many times as a borderline cliche, but we need to keep saying it. Because we're so happiness focused. We forget about our holiness. And actually holiness, we'll, we'll actually receive happiness on the other end. Because <laughs> we're living the way that God wants us to live. It'll make sense. Things will align in our lives. We're like, whoa, I had no idea. This is what true life feels like. But it's when we pursue holiness that that comes to fruition. And Peter addresses it in verse 15 where he says this, but he who has called you holy, you also be holy in your conduct, right? Because God is holy. He's saying, look, I'm calling you to be holy. 
I'm calling you to be set apart. I'm calling you to be different. I'm calling you to something more. I'm calling you to experience life and life to the full. This is your call. This is what you're called to. Just as God is holy, he's saying, this is the call in your life to be holy. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Right? Like this, this is where God desires our lives to line up. To be holy. We're called to imitate God. To be our example is Jesus. To live in the way of Jesus. Right? Loving God, loving others. That's why Jesus was able to just bring the entire law, all 600 of them, into love God and love others. Listen and obey. It's actually really not that difficult. It's only difficult if we're not preparing, if we're not training, if we're not focused, if we're just kind of haphazardly running, if we're just like, ah, I'm okay, just whatever. But man, when we step in the way of Jesus and focus on that, your life will never be the same. Your life will never be the same, ever. Because walking in the way of Jesus is how we truly experience humanity 2.0. I want to give a quick example of this because I think this is relevant to many, many, many of us in this room. Perfect example of this where holiness is God's focus over our happiness is in our sexuality. So many of us look at God and how he approaches sexuality. We look at the Bible and I was like, again, talk about like a buzzkill, right? Talk about a list of rules of do's and don'ts. Like, oh man, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. Like, man, what can I do? Right? And I got really, really good at asking that question. It was, what can I do just enough to kind of get away with it? What can I do just enough? So that way I'm kind of like, I'm not really like breaking any rules. Right? I was so focused on the rules. I'm like, this is, I mean, it didn't actually say don't do this. Or if it did, I didn't interpret it that way conveniently. Right? But no, it was, it was more like, how, what can I do to just skirt around it but still get to do what I want to do? That's not the point. The point is not for us to list the rules off and go, cool, all right. Yeah, I'll like maybe try and sort of like save myself for marriage. Okay. Sounds great. No, no, no. No, no, no. See, it's because God knows I mean, do you guys know this? Like God created sex, right? Like this is, it was, it was his idea. <laughs> it was his design. So when people are like, um, God's against sex. No, he created it. So it's like, he's like, woo! And in the right context, yeah, we're going there. Come on now. Like in the right context, church, for real, in the right context, he's like, yo, go and make like bunnies. Like for real. Like Jesus is going like, yep. In the right context. I'm being real. I'm just, I'm, I'm totally being real. In the right context, he is, he is so on board. He's not a killjoy. He's not looking at that and going like, oh man. Like, what are they doing? No, like, uh, no, 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 no. Because see, here's, here's the reality of it. God knows that the only relational container strong enough to hold the nuclear power of sex is one man, one woman, and a lifelong commitment, and that is marriage. That's what he knows. 
He's like, look, I know how powerful this is. I know how formed you can be. I know how much destruction this can bring if not experienced in the right context. And so I'm only going to give you this container in order to experience it because if you experience it in any other way, it will destroy you. And people always say to me, like, well, Ken, that's, that's, a, bit, that's a bit much. That's, that's a bit harsh. Like, it won't destroy you. And I go, really? I have yet to come across somebody who has been able to, like, prove this statement wrong. That sex outside of marriage, in the long run, it brings nothing but pain. It brings nothing but pain. And I've yet to say that to somebody for them to go, actually, no, like, I had plenty of partners before my husband or wife, and I, it, was, it was great. I don't have any baggage whatsoever. No. Every single person that I talk to, they're like, yeah, there is so much pain. There is so much grief. There's so much sorrow. There's so much baggage. There's so many things I'm still holding on to and I can't seem to even let it go even though it's been decades, years of me just holding on. I can't seem to get rid of it. Why? Because it's that powerful. We cannot just, like, oh. Sorry. I'm trying not to get on a tangent here, but I'm passionate about this, you guys. I'm so passionate about this because our culture is selling lust as love and it is absolutely a lie. It's an absolute lie and it's breaking us and it's breaking God's church and it breaks my heart to see you young individuals that get so trapped in this, I mean, just pornography and trapped in all these relational issues and trapped in all this stuff and it's so difficult to get out when God's just saying, look, I created this to be so amazing in the right context. Just trust me. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. That's all God is asking from us. And I'm telling you, if we do this, we will begin to experience humanity 2.0. We begin to step into this level of life that we don't even understand. It is life, life abundant, and life to the full. The life that Jesus promised. It's life to the full. I'm gonna have the band come up as we close out tonight. Because see, as we, as we consider a life as a Christian, we consider what it looks like to be obedient. As we consider what it looks like to actually walk in the way of Jesus, Right, Peter reminds us of a couple of things. I want to make sure you guys got all these so that way you guys can have uh, a powerful small group time tonight because I believe these are real things in our lives and I'm going to encourage you again. Guys, you are, you are pulled away from the norm this weekend for a reason. Right, to get real. <laughs> to get real. Some of you all are going to have to have a conversation that I'd be like, look, uh, listen, I'm... This is where I'm at. Like this is, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm currently involved in. This is, I mean, th this is kind of the way I'm experiencing life right now. And let me tell you right now, it sucks. Like it, it, is, it is absolutely zero fun. When I wake up in the morning, I dread the morning. 
all I want to do is just keep hitting snooze because I don't want to face the day in front of me because my life is just so, like there's just so much tension. There's too much, to, I can't take it anymore. And that's why Peter and Paul and Jesus, they're just, they're saying, look, prep, train, learn to listen and obey. It's, it's that simple. And, and you know what? The beginning of obedience looks like you know what you know what preparing and everything looks like right as an exile as an exile as we look to how do we prep how do we train you know what it looks like maybe for some of you it's when you go to bed you you pray a simple prayer you say god as i sleep tonight repair my soul change my soul change my eyes let me see the world as you see it. Give me your heart. I want to experience the world from your point of view. So God, as I sleep tonight, may, may you settle your word into my heart. May you settle your word into my mind. May I be able to speak boldly tomorrow if you give me tomorrow. Right? Have that perspective. Even if you, if you don't give me tomorrow, that's your call. But if you give me tomorrow, God, I'm ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep picking up this book. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep pouring over your word, even if, even if some of it doesn't make sense. That's what the community around you is for. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow night. Right? We, we keep learning. We keep going, Jesus, how did you, how did you deal with this? Right? How, how did you approach this? It's right here. <laughs> it's right here. This is what it means to train as a Christian. It's right here. It's getting on your knees and going like, I give up. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. God, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. Just please take it. I don't, I don't even care anymore. Take it and run with it. Please show me this new way I keep hearing about. Show me this new way to live that maybe in my heart I'll, I'll know it. It's more than just a feeling, but it's actually a, a life change. Means to listen and obey. And maybe it's when you wake up in the morning. Maybe for some of you, you're early risers, you're those weirdos who are like, it's 5 a.m. and you're like strapping on basketball shorts and you're like, let's go play a game. Like, God bless you for your morning. Like, I go, I doesn't make sense. I'm like a cow trying to get out of the middle of the road in the morning. I'm just like, no. Right? I just. I can't do it. But if that's you, if God's given you that gift, God bless you. So maybe for you, it's the morning where you're like, God, man, I am ready for today. I've picked this thing up. I've poured over your word. God, I want to be changed. I'm ready to go. Like, what do you have for me today? God, who, what opportunities do you want to give me today? Who do you want to talk to today? Like, I'm, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. And you know what? When you start living that way, when you wake up focused and driven because you've prepped, you've trained, and you continue to train, this isn't a thing where you're like, hey, I'm going to do a bench press four times and then I'm going to go compete and bench press 300 pounds. No, this is a lifelong journey. This is a lifelong training regimen. We're looking for lifelong adjustments. You got to think different, live different, read different, talk different. Don't conform back. Don't go backwards. Step by step. Stumble by stumble. Crawl by crawl. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Even when you fall backwards on your back, 
Just hold your arms up. He's going to pick you up, move you forward. Prep, train, live differently, church. This is my encouragement for you tonight. Listen, obey, live different. Because I guarantee this, I guarantee this. Why? Because this says it. That if you follow in the way of Jesus, if you live this way, you will experience a life like none other. A life that is so abundant. It'll be the craziest adventure you'll ever go on in your entire life. They'll show you things you weren't prepared for. They'll take you places you never wanted to go. And oh, it's so worth it. I'm here to tell you as a, as a, as a living, breathing testimony, it is so worth it. So if you're on the fence, if you're still trying to go like, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe you're hearing what we're talking about tonight as Christians of how we're supposed to live and you're going, that sounds pretty cool. Like, it doesn't make complete sense, but man, like that, I want that. I want my life to look like that and to, to feel like that and to sound like that. I want to wake up with a purpose and a passion and a drive that I it just, that, that honestly doesn't even come from me. It's coming from the Holy Spirit. He's driving me. Share that tonight in your small groups. Have those moments tonight where you're real honest with yourself. Listen and obey. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you used a broken vessel like Peter to write those words. That we are to be holy as you are holy. That some of the biggest screw-ups in all of scripture come from this guy. <laughs> and so how appropriate that it would come from him that it's the prepping and the training and the focus and the drive to say, look, th th it's not about me to save myself. It's not a moralistic gospel about me trying harder so that you'll appreciate me. It's, it's not me walking and doing the things that I know I should do so that you'll, you'll love me. No, no, no. It's that you love me so much that all I have to do is just simply walk and listen and obey and stumble and trip and fall and you will never leave me. Jesus, that is crazy and insane and we don't deserve it. We don't. And yet you give that to us freely. That's what you promise this relationship. You're a personal God who wants this relationship with us. God, we're humbled by that. We're humbled that you coming down and rescuing humanity is different than any other world religion that exists. It's all about what can we do. But Jesus, it's about what you did. Help us to live this way. Holy Spirit, give us a passion that cannot be quenched. Burn in a fire so hot, it cannot be cooled down. God, I pray, Father, for your heart, that it would spread to the hearts of these students, these leaders, and that we'd better understand and know how to listen and obey. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.